yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here after all these years, after all these tears I shed. Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, at the age of 26, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. It changed everything for me, for us. But I'm still here. Yes. Today we are going to... Go back in time. Go back in time. Yeah. And answer a question or uh, deal with the topic that somebody had asked about. And um, we kind of have previously in episodes, mm-hmm. but not one specific thing. So that's what we're going to talk today about what? Dealing with small kids and... While going through treatment. While going right? through treatment. It's, there's definitely a lot more logistics, I feel like. Yeah. You know, we've, we are now empty nesters, and we have quickly realized that it's a lot easier when you there's no who's going to do this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I was doing treatment right now, it would be, I think, significantly different. And just the kind of the mental load of that, too, right? So there's a lot of different variables that we can't really speak to. Sure. I mean... How many kids do you have? How old are they? How old are you? How, you know, th- right. these these things are definitely variable. What's the the span of the age of your kids? Do you have a kid that's old enough to take care of other kids or not? Right. You just, there's, a there, lot. there's so many things. What's, what's your job uh, necessity like yeah. and the age of the kids? Do you live near your parents? Do you, <laughs> oh my Lord, there's so many things. Right. But we can talk to you about what we did and what people around us did. Yeah. So the first thing that I was thinking about was like, it was sort of all hands on deck in terms of we fortunately, both of our parents were not living right by us, but they were capable of traveling and we were doing treatment closer to where they were. So we had two sets of grandparents that were uh, able to help out with a lot of things. Uh, I will, they, I think they were all, my parents were definitely working. I'm not sure if yours were at the time. I don't think so. I think um, they were retired. But so there were some logistics, I'm sure. And I was thinking about I should have my mom come on and talk to a little bit about this too. But she was she was definitely working full time when we were uh, in the middle of this. But she was um, working full time, but could take days off. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, and we had in our like you know, immediate community, we had people who were very willing to help um, take care of Sydney for bits of, you know. Grandparent-like people. Grandparent-like people. <laughs> and I should say, so again, I don't, Sydney was 14 months old when we were diagnosed, when I was diagnosed. So she was just start, you know, she was walking and talking a little or whatever, just starting to kind of be a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, and your, the length of your treatment was almost a year. Yeah, the significant part of it, where right. I was yep. actually going places. Right. So, um, I will say, like, um, so, like, with, because she was so small, we didn't really have to have what I think would be hard conversations with kids. But I remember having, like, <laughs> um, conversations with other people in terms of they would be like, you know, she's not going to remember this or things like that, mm-hmm. where... I, my immediate thought was like, if they, you know, if she doesn't remember this, she might not remember me if I'm not here. Things like that were wow. difficult for me, you know? So, 
Hmm. While I did definitely, we wanted to kind of shield her, I think, from, um, you know, anything that would be hard. We did, it just really wasn't a big problem for us. What are you looking for? If you think that's me snoring, it's not. <laughs> I feel like people listening will be like, what the heck? He needs help. It's the dog across the room. She's elderly and she's And I can't yell at her because she's deaf. Bit loud. So sorry. All right. Fine. Sorry. You just it's kind of like a noise machine. Just okay. think of it that way. Alright. But anyway, like just thinking about you know, having we did not have to have hard conversations with Sydney. Um No, there was probably the conversations of why are we or why do I have to get up and just because you do. Come on, let's right. go. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there were some of those, I'm sure. You don't remember those looking back this many years, but, you know. Yeah. You have those with your kids all the time, no matter what. Right. And I think, too, I was, um, I, <laughs> I don't know where, we're going to do this one and two here. <laughs> um, I think for me, it was more of a, there was also more guilt, I guess, over how this was potentially affecting her versus it actually truly, um, like she wasn't stressed out because I was sick. You know what I mean? I don't think there was any of that going on, but I think there was some, some guilt over how was, uh, my life affecting hers. Cause we weren't doing fun things as much as other well, families? Well, just because I think I, I just felt like my number one priority had to be, like, figuring out, you know, how to deal with cancer. And and I just, sometimes I look at it and I go, she's just always been such an independent kid. Yeah. And, like, did she get kind of forced into that? Or was she just, that's who she was? And I think it was she, the age, too. You know, I think if she was... Uh, Four. Yeah. Or five. It, it would have been different. And definitely, you know, you just, they, they want to be entertained more. So, but when they're that young, they're just do, 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 do. She was. She definitely was. Going along you know. with it. You got a toy for me? All right. Yeah. I don't care where I am, you know? Yeah, she was very good at, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, she wasn't saying, I want to go home. Like, she spent time at both of our parents' houses sometimes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, my two priorities initially, though, were uh, killing cancer and being with Sydney. That was number one and number two. Mm-hmm. Like, and I did kind of section out my day a lot of times um, on a, you know, to be able to do that. So if there was a day that wasn't treatment, I literally would be, she would go to the babysitters uh, for a few hours and I would spend the time, um, taking care of myself and I would, you know, those are the things I would do. So, so that when I, I don't know, once I, when I could like individually focus on myself for a couple of hours, I felt like then I could take the rest of the day to really focus on her knowing. And you definitely did that. That I, I mean, made, you, yeah. You did a good job at that as far as, you know, needing to put yourself first and, and you did that, but you also did. It's not like you 
separated yourself from your children or from me or from the, you know right i don't want to give people the impression that because you were really focused but most of the time when you were kind of zeroed in on killing cancer no one else was around right and that's what i'm you saying know? by carving out that time i really could then take the rest of the time and um <laughs> please leave my dog alone she's fine but by carving out that time for myself, I could I could do the rest of the day feeling okay about yeah. you know whatever right. whatever came that way. So I yeah I think there's I think one of the, maybe the biggest challenges with somebody who's like in treatment is the guilt factor of of you know am I doing the things I should be doing. Um, I don't know. Their mom guilt's like real all the time. Yeah, anyway. and I can't speak to that. Obviously, um, I wonder, you know, if if questions come up about, well, should I? What should I tell my kids? What should mm-hmm. I hide from them? What? How? How truthful should I be? Uh, what should I include my kids in? Should I take them to treatment? Mm-hmm. Should I not? Should I, I, I got to believe those questions. Mm-hmm. But but don't you think? I mean, the age of the kid. Really I think all comes of it is age there? of kid. How it how you project on you know the whole situation. How they handle things. I mean, like Ty went to treatment with me, <laughs> but it was also a treatment that was really a maintenance type of thing. I knew I wasn't ever going to get sick when I was there. It was a small center that he mm-hmm. literally could kind of toddle around. Like I was probably three, four, five when he was doing that, right before kind mm-hmm. of before he started kindergarten. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of things that that uh, play into that. Some kids are going to ask a lot more questions. Some kids I do feel like are going to want more of an answer, and I think it's really you have to decide. Um, I don't want to say how truthful you're going to be, but how you're going to paint it in terms of, um, I don't know. I agree. And I think this is true whether you're talking about sex with kids or whether you're talking about anything. I say you you, you don't lie, Mm -hmm. but can you change some words and still be factual? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the case about cancer, too, is trying to describe what cancer is to a little kid is not an easy thing. It's right. Not, it's not. It's hard for, to explain it to an adult. Right. You know, we're talking about something microscopic inside of your body dividing at a rapid rate. Yeah. You can't, it's hard to get a mental picture of that. Sure. So for a kid, you know, you, you know, just mommy or daddy's sick. Yeah. You know, can probably just do as long as you're not freaking them out because they get sick, too. Yeah, and I think it's like, I think uh, when I think about it now, it's more, I understand you're worried or I, or I don't need you, you know, you don't need to worry about this or something to help them not be fretting about things. Honestly, I just thought about too, like, it's not all that different than being like financially stressed, Mm. you know, kids, I get it. Kids pick up on things. So when they're picking up on things, I think it does need to be addressed, but it doesn't mean you tell them we're broke. We Mm. are not going to make it. You know what I mean? You tell them, yep, we're going to, whatever, we're going to eat in or we're going to do these things. You know, you kind of bring them on board a little bit. Um, But I don't think you've shared all with them. I don't know. 
You know? I don't either. Um, I yeah I I don't remember hiding anything from Sydney as far as where we were going or no, what we were doing. No, nope. but we but didn't. We it was also, just going yeah. to get some medicine. Or, yeah, but we'd say we're going to see the doctor or whatever like yeah. that. We would never do it in a, you know, it would never be a scary Mom's thing Mom's got to stay us. in the hospital for a while. Yeah. Mom's, yeah. yeah. She yeah. didn't care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that at different age, I think at four, that might have been different. At five, that yeah. might have been different. You yeah. Know? Seven even. Yeah. You know, you start getting, and now they're processing and wondering and thinking. She didn't do a lot of wondering at that age. No, for sure not. But I think that changes how you handle it as a parent. And, you know, we don't know the ages of of, of the kids out there. That yeah. Are, you know, the moms and dads listening to this. Yeah. Um, I won't, I, I'm trying to caution everything I say with, yeah, but your way, your situation could be way different. Yeah, I get that. I, do, I agree with that. <clears throat> I do think, though, that there is a certain amount of, I think we worry. Like, if a child asks a question that they want the answer to, they truly, a lot of times, just want an answer. They don't necessarily, we read so much more into things sometimes as adults than kids. Why are you losing your hair? It just means, like, <laughs> you know, oh, you, maybe it is just because of the medicine I'm on. Did, you she, know? did she ever ask? No, I do remember her saying that I was bald. But And that was like, okay. <laughs> you know? Not the most inquisitive kid you had. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're, uh, turned out fine. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, there's a lot to it. I think that sometimes, again, for me, I just think about I was probably processing a lot more of it than what it was really impacting her. No doubt. Um, We always make that mistake, no matter what it is. We think they're going to just do it. Yeah. And that's not ever... I, you know, that's probably my best therapist advice in the last year. And again, this wasn't talking about young children, but talking about, you know, a Mm. parent-child thing was like, they're not thinking about you. I'm like, oh, wait a second. But I spend all of my time thinking about them, you know? So yeah. it just to re- realize that it isn't reciprocal in the same way, you know? There's, Very true. There's so much love between, you know, parents and kids and whatever. But the thought process is very different, right? So, mm-hmm. and while, like, I remember it just broke my heart that we had to teach Sydney how to climb in and out of her crib. Like, I... That just was like a dagger. Why? Because you were mean. You should probably <laughs> tell him why, and not just well because say that. I because I had a double mastectomy and I had a ten pound weight restriction and a twenty two pound daughter or whatever. And I wasn't around all. And the time. you weren't yeah. around all the time. So yeah. I mean, the fact was, when she woke up from a nap or in the morning or whatever, she she needed to get out of bed. <laughs> That's one of those things as parents. You go, oh crap. Uh, yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, in an afternoon, you go, I guess we can do this. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you just take and it And she out. thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Like, she thought it was pretty cool to do that. And those are the things, too, that I think we get overwhelmed with. And it's like, no, there's probably a solution to this. Or do I really have to do it this way? Or, you know, I think uh, all of those challenges that we navigated early on um, helped us. And not just like with small kids, but I think about like with you working and me going through treatment, 
there was a time, I think it was mostly during radiation, where I would wake up in the morning feeling really like wonky. And like my, and I remember just, at first I almost passed out one of the days, or I did pass out or something, but, um, but then we just realized that, oh, if you just put a glass of juice by the bed before you leave, and I get up a little slower and drink that, you know, we're okay. It didn't mean that I needed somebody with me. It just meant that we had to think about what the actual issue was and how we could address that, right? Hmm. So I had to, I was talking to somebody just this last week um, that was they were had a family member recently diagnosed with cancer and they were asking me about like food trains and all of those kind of or what are they called now where people the meal trains they bring over meals and do all of that kind of stuff and if I thought that was helpful and I just said you know again for me it was a long time ago but it was it um it wouldn't have been super helpful to me to have food brought over because I mean like I don't know we live in the midwest let's face it like the the stuff people bring is not healthy. It's comfort food almost 100% of the time, right? So, um, now in the beginning, people did bring food, but it was basically for me. Yeah. And that's so that's and what I said too was like, so we did make a separation between, you know, gift cards or things like that, which now you Uber Eats and DoorDash if you're in a bigger place and all that kind of stuff for my family. And then I could really focus on uh, feeding myself you know, in a healthy diet. Very specific food mm-hmm. because of the specific cancer. Yeah. And yeah. and even there, you know, now there's probably, there's so many like meal programs and things like that, that I think you could get pretty, pretty healthy, nutritious meals probably delivered to your door. But I would just challenge people to think about it that way. Not so much like the comfort food thing. It, okay, a lasagna maybe, but whatever, every now and then. But really, um, if people, I think people might want to think about it differently and, and kind of use some other. And I think, you know, just this isn't about food, but yeah, I, I think you doing the research on the food, uh, preparing the food, yeah, um, doing that, I think there was some value in that. I agree. Not the work part, but the you like this is what i'm doing and i'm and yeah. this is how much and now i'm going to bring it into my body and i know this is what it's doing there was that mental side of killing cancer in that yeah it was super empowering to yeah. me and this is what we have kind of talked about with like for me it felt like it was it wasn't me waiting around for the next treatment to hopefully kill some cancer then it, it was every day what can i do right this is and the you whole were sacrificing basis. You weren't eating oh, yeah. your favorite oh, foods. God, no. You were denying to some extent. Yeah. You were denying some of those treats and stuff things, and you were eating this food that maybe wasn't as good or whatever. But boy, it was empowering because of that sacrifice, and yeah. I think it was a factor. I, it it definitely helped me feel like I was. I, I just felt like I was making the biggest impact I could make. Yeah, and that that really helped we're me supposed get to be through the days. So. Well, I think kids and dealing with the whole beginning of treatment and how families can help, right? There's a lot of ways families can also help by not emotionally dumping on the patient and keeping those who do away. And mm-hmm. it's, you just, you know, that's such an important 
part of this. Um, and I get it, all families are different. But, and it doesn't always go over well with the people that you need to kind of say. Kids don't care, though. Kids don't care. <laughs> Kids are going to emotionally dump on you every day. That's what they do, and you're their parent. Whether you have cancer or not, whether you're right. going through treatment or not, they're going to do that. Yeah. But it's different. It's way different than, you know, than a, a mom or a mother-in-law or a father or father-in-law or you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, a sister, a brother, yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. we have different, I mean, you know, different uh, expectations for kids. They don't know better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Sure. Right. Yep. Um, I think one of the other things when it comes to kids is just like I tried to be focused on making memories, but not. I mean, I I'd be lying if I didn't sometimes think, is this going to be the last time, or will I get to do this again, or whatever. But just trying to stay in the moment, enjoy small things, um, and and make. I don't know, not go overboard, but just realize that being able to spend an evening together or whatever was exactly what I wanted to do, you know. And, and be thankful for that. And be that. thankful for it, exactly. And kind of like check. Yeah. You know, cool. Yeah. 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 So. Which yeah. is interesting. I mean, I mean, I'm glad. I, but I was in that same moment and I didn't. Yeah. Because I didn't have cancer. Yeah. Even though I was a part of this process and and doing anything I could, it, it is different when you are the one. Yeah. We did not go through the same things at all. Yeah. Even though I was at the same place, same time, same universe. Yeah. It's different. It's that's why I can't speak to these things. Yeah. I don't know. It's so interesting to hear that, and that's where I ultimately it takes you back to like this is it is an individual journey. Mm -hmm. And that's why, as a patient, you have to listen to your own intuition. You can absolutely get in, input from other people, but it's it's your it's your path. It's and your kids. And your kids. That, yes. You know, you're yeah. listening to this right now, and you and, and it's okay to go. Ooh, no. do what's right for. No. Do what. And you if you're thinking that, right. you're probably right. You are right. Yeah. I will very much say that. There was, there, you know, people have no problem weighing in on what you should do. People thought that I should spend every waking minute with my daughter. Yeah. And Which I, I see that side of it, and I think you do too. I do too, but I was also like, I can't do both. And yeah. I weighed what I thought my odds. I thought that it gave me better <laughs> a better chance of being with her over a lifetime to take the time for myself. And again, I do I want to say to everybody, it's not like she disappeared for two weeks. Oh gosh, no. You know, went to a cottage out in the woods. I mean <laughs> we're talking about going to the babysitters for three hours. Yes. Seriously, that's yes. legitimately what we're talking about. Yeah. During those three hours, she was like, Boom, this is my job. Yes. I'm gonna kill cancer during these three, four hours. Yeah. And and then you're a mom. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we were lucky. That at, I don't know, it's not lucky, but it is lucky compared to some people. You didn't have to work that at that time. Um, so you were able to do this as a job. Yeah. I mean, we had, fortunately, we had the 
enough of the things in place. We we had I had dis, you know disability. whatever we I had disability. I was approved for disability quickly. We were able to get through the waiting period of disability. All of those kind of things. We had the support we needed to do those things. Um, the list of people that that acted as family, not just friends, family in our lives was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and we had family too. Yeah. <laughs> when I when you talk about when you talk about that, I think about the other thing when it comes to kids is sometimes you need to be specific and ask for what you actually need. If you know, family's trying to help and wants to help and and I think we still get hung up on doing the same things, but I asked for some really probably crazy things or um, things that were definitely not in the norm or people if you have a skill I remember our we had um, our pastor's wife was a vet tech like she would take our dogs make sure they were up to date on their stuff give them a vet do all of these things clip their nails like such a huge help just to just check yeah feeling like oh this is not we're not dropping the ball on this too or whatever you know we you only have so because you're going to drop the ball on time stuff. yes it's going to happen yeah and that is okay you got more important things yeah to do. yeah i don't know it's not easy but it's doable and i think it does um give you the perspective of this is valuable time, like with my kids, and I want to make the most of it. Doesn't mean over the top stuff. In fact, most often it means the very little stuff. I think. But be in the moment. But be in the it. moment. Yep. Yeah. And really, I mean, you gotta fight with that brain in terms of, nope, no negativity. Yeah. You know, here. Literally, it's thankful attitude. Yes, and yeah. just you know. Um, yeah, it's a. It's not easy. No, and it I it's not talked about. I don't think in the way that it should be. But. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a good topic, though. It is a good yeah. topic. I will. You know, I also just kids are resilient. <laughs> they are. Yep. You know, and. Uh, and they, I don't, sometimes they, sometimes they're the ones that bring a perspective to you that you just go, oh. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. So, and when we, you know, we've had our kids on this, and they don't remember much. You, you is Sydney Lesson Tie. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we were gonna have this podcast and talk all the things, and they were like, "Nah, we don't remember anything." <laughs> oh, great podcast! Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, you can skip those. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well. Anything else with that? I don't think so, but we if, do appreciate... I have one thing. Okay. If, if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people don't know... We are on YouTube, too. You post these on YouTube, too. Yeah, you just miss yeah. Ty's music because I'm not very techy and I okay. can't like do that. Yeah. But, but if people did want to check out either... Um, yeah. <laughs> then you get the whole... You might get to actually see Ivy's face. And I make faces, too. A lot. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Good game. All right. Good thing you're still here. Yeah. I covered it for you. <laughs> Hit it, Ty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm still here After all these years, after all these tears I shed I'm still here And I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be My feet in the ground and my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here Like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go Hey everyone, I hope you love this episode of I'm Still Here and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day.